The idea of tongues was that God could lay on an individual what was on his heart, pray that it would be interpreted, and the church would be blessed. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through a series on the Holy Spirit. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike. If you have your Bible this morning, I'd like to invite you to open them to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians 14, and we're looking at the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's funny, because a lot of people have a lot of very unusual concepts of what the Holy Spirit will do in a believer's life. Sometimes people have gone to hyper-Pentecostal churches, and I would consider us a Pentecostal church ourselves, but the hyper-Pentecostal churches were oftentimes you hear about the running up and down the aisles and swinging on the chandeliers and all these kinds of things. But really, I really believe that that is not really the purpose of the Holy Spirit. What the Holy Spirit wants to do inside the believer is empower them to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. That's what God wants to do. And so when we pray and we ask God to fill us with his Holy Spirit, then as we step out in faith, doing what we feel and know that God wants us to do, that's when the Holy Spirit then takes over. And so to really encourage all of you, as you live your life for Christ, be open to what God wants to do. Part of of being led by the Spirit is being open to what God wants to do in your life. Chapter 14, verse 1, a little bit of review. Pursue love. The word love here is the word agape. It's that deep, intimate fellowship love that we have towards or should have towards one another. But where did we get this from? It is the same relationship that your Father in heaven wants to have with every one of us. Now, this is what's important because you can surplant religion in place of a relationship. How do you want someone, this is just a general question, how do you want someone to talk to you? Do you want someone just to recite everything that they would want to say to you from a card or a piece of, uh, like a letter or something? Or would you want somebody to speak to you from their heart? That's what God wants from us. Not ritualism, but simply a relationship big difference in the way we view God. If you view God as a far off, unknowable creature that must be appeased through many prayers and many rituals and all kinds of religious jargon, you have a bad concept of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus said a friend that would stick closer than a brother. We need that in these days that we live in. We need to know, first of all, that relationship with God. And then second of all, to have that relationship with each other. So he says, pursue. The word in the Greek for pursue here is the word to run heartily after, like it's the only target that you have. Run after this deep agape love 
and desire spirituals. We talked about that last week. The word gifts was added in by the translators to help us better understand this. But desire spiritual things in your life. You know, if you don't desire something, you won't have it. Just the way it works. So desire things that are spiritual, but especially that you may speak under the anointing of God. Prophesy. That's what this word means. Not necessarily fortune telling, or maybe I should say uh, telling future events, but rather that you would be speaking under the anointing of God. We find it repeated over in verse 12 where we left off last week, where he says, even so you, since you are zealous for spirituals, gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you might seek to excel. That's what really the gifts of the Spirit are for, is that the church grows. And that we have that relationship with God, we have that relationship with each other, that God is not far off and unknowable, but he's personal and he loves you. God, the Bible says, has good gifts for you. You need those gifts. I need those gifts. And God's a good God, and he'll put in our life thank God when we accept him as Savior, the things that belong, and he'll take out of our lives the things that don't belong. There's a lot of junk that we end up in our lives that doesn't belong. And, uh, you know, we have that spring clean that sometimes is coming upon us when it stops raining here. But that spring clean that comes on where we open our garage and we go, oh my, I think there's a car in here somewhere. And we go, I need to get rid of some stuff. And so we begin to slowly go through our junk and we get rid of that. Well, God does that the same way in our life. He brings about what I would call a spring clean daily in our lives, taking out what doesn't belong, putting in what does. And so he says that we would be zealous for things spiritual. Therefore, and whenever you find the word therefore in the Bible, find out why it's therefore. I know that's a corny cliche, but actually it's very true. It's a summary of what we just read. And so he says, therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray and also that he may interpret. Now, the idea here is that in the spirit, we can pray things that we may not completely understand. And in this uh, prayer language that we find here, many churches say, well, those things ceased with the apostles. I find nowhere in the Bible does it say any of the gifts ceased when the apostles died. I believe the Holy Spirit's alive and well on the planet Earth. God's going to do great things then. He's going to do great things now. Be open for what God wants to do. And if you pray in tongues, the Bible says you pray in mysteries. Now, you don't always understand what you're praying. So when you pray in mysteries, say, Lord, what did I just say? Now, I had this happen to me one time. And I, 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 in one particular place that I directly remember. And we were having a concert uh, here at the church. And I remember as I left to go get an extension cord, I just began to pray in tongues. And I, I, I didn't know what I was saying. And on the way back, I said, Lord, what did I just say? What did I just say? And the, what was on this, the heart of the Holy Spirit was, Father, don't let anybody leave till I hear the salvation message at the end of the concert. Wow. I wouldn't have thought that way, but that was what was on the heart of God. So I said, Lord, don't let anybody leave until they hear the salvation message at the end of the concert. And no one did. Now, again, when we move in the Spirit, it's a different world than when we just have dead orthodoxy, dead religion. God moves upon us, not so that we can 
we can, um, uh, again, swing on chandeliers, but that we, we would be moved and driven by the Holy Spirit to be sensitive to the things of God. In other words, that our eyes, our vision, our purpose of life has changed from just existing every day to a eternal purpose. Now, I'll tell you something, friends. That's a major operation of God. That's a major operation of the Holy Spirit to take what we oftentimes think finite beings, which would be us when we become born again, infinite beings, we live forever with him and make us about his eternal purpose. Again, think about that. What you do today, what you do tomorrow will have a direct impact on others' lives throughout all of eternity. Think about that. So then what manner of people do we need to be? We need to reassess our value system. And when we reassess a couple of things, first of all, the only thing that is going to heaven in this world is people. Nothing that we oftentimes place our value upon is going to go into the next life. So one of the things the endeavoring, I believe, of the Holy Spirit is, is to realign our priorities, our purpose, our value system to God's. Why is that? Because I can believe all you see is all you get. And you know, it's funny, that's what the devil wants you to believe. He wants you to think, this is it. Live for the moment. Go for the gusto. All those phraseologies that we have in our society today. What you see is what you get. Well, not really. Not if you're a Christian. What you see is only the beginning of what you get. What God wants to do in our lives via that powerful Holy Spirit is change the way we think. The When your thoughts are changed, the way you live will change. Again, if you realize there's a value system that is not of this world, but that which is really important, God will begin to build in us these things. So when we pray, if you have this gift, I don't believe everybody speaks in tongues because the last part of chapter 12 says, do all pray in tongues? Do all have the gift of healings? Do all have interpretations? The answer is no. But if you don't have that gift, you'll have one of the other gifts. But if you have that gift, ask God what you're saying. And then if necessary, you can share and the church is then uh, built up and, and strengthened. For if I pray in a tongue... My spirit prays, in verse 14, but my understanding is unfruitful. What's the result then? I will pray in the spirit. I will also pray with understanding. I will sing in the spirit and also sing with understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how is it will be that those that occupy the place of the uninformed say amen to your giving of thanks since he doesn't understand what in the world you're talking about. He hears you maybe praying in your prayer language. He can't say amen because he doesn't understand what you're saying. So when you pray, and this is the whole idea here of what Paul is writing. When you come together as a church, the way our relationship with God changes a little bit because we go from a personal relationship to a gathering of the saints. The reason we gather together is to encourage one another, bless one another. You know how, uh, you know, sometimes we just need someone to pray for us. Sometimes we just need someone to ask a question about, hey, I'm going to buy a car. Is this a good car or not? And somebody that's skilled and gifted in the, in the world of mechanics can say, hey, this is a great deal or it's not. 
when we're a family, we should act like one. And that's part of the, what, what has happened. The problem is some often things have become so fragmented that we don't know who we can trust, why we can trust, all those different things. Oh, I've got some great news for you. In Christ Jesus, you can trust him. And he's going to put in your life those things that are going to make a difference in eternity and take out of your life those things that aren't. So he says, Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will one who occupies the place of the uniform say amen at your giving of thanks since he doesn't understand what you're saying? Verse 17, For indeed you give thanks well, but the other is not edified or understands or blessed. I thank God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I would rather speak five words with understanding that I may teach others than 10,000 words in a tongue. This is so important because Paul is telling this overzealous, kind of messed up church at Corinth, you guys are all desirous of spiritual things. You got a lot of zeal. You got a lot of oomph, but you're kind of misdirected. You're using your gifts, and instead of it being a blessing, people are confused. They go away. And so he says, Brethren, do not be children in understanding, however in malice, be babes, but in understanding, be mature. Uh, The word uh, malice is anger. Don't, Don't get angry. Just understand and work with. He says, It's written in the law, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people. And yet for all that, they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are a sign not to those who believe, but to the unbelievers prophesying is not for unbelievers, but to those who believe. J.B. Phillips, in his translation, actually interpreted this backwards because he didn't see that. But I've seen this happen. Now, Acts chapter 2, they were all gathered in the upper room. Jesus said, go to the upper room and wait. The Holy Spirit will come on you. They're all there waiting. And all of a sudden, the sound of a mighty rushing wind comes by. And the Bible says the people heard the wind. They go, what is this? And they all packed into the place to see what was happening. And this is where in Acts 2 it says that they all heard these different dialects coming out of these people from the Galilee. They were Galileans, yet they were speaking in these other tongues. And they said, whatever does this mean? They must all be drunk. Peter stands up and says, they're not drunk with wine like you think. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. So God has a way of communicating to them and reaching out, and they were worshiping and glorifying God. You'll never find anybody preaching sermons in tongues in the Bible. I've had some people say, well, God gave that gift of tongues so people could go out and preach sermons in other languages and spread the gospel around the world. You'll never find that in the Bible. That's something somebody made up. The idea of tongues was that God could lay on an individual what was on his heart, pray that it would be interpreted and the church would be blessed. I I think that's pretty neat. But like he says, if you don't have that gift, you're going to have one of the other gifts. Now, therefore, tongues are a sign not to those who believe, but unbelievers. Truth. Years ago, when we were downtown on the corner of 3rd and 3rd, I think they changed the name of the streets now, but a long time ago when the earth was cooling, we, we had a little building down there. And we had this guy that would continually come, and I was very glad that he came, but however, he was very unruly. He was a Native American, and sometimes he would come to church drunk. 
And he would come, and I, I thought, well, what's a better place for somebody to be as long as they're not being rowdy to be in church? In fact, I remember uh, a couple of kids used to come and they'd go out and smoke doobies in the parking lot and then come in and, and listen to me teach the Bible. And, and evidently, I was talking in some way to their heart directly, the Holy Spirit was, and they got saved. Well, this, this one individual that would come, he'd go around and he'd be hugging on the girls and pinching their rears and things like that. And we said, no, 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 I can't go for that. And so we told him to please stop doing that. You can't be here and do that. Well, he said, okay, okay. And then he'd do it again. So finally, one of my board members came up to me and said, Mike, we got to do something about this. And I said, yes. And he goes, I said, just take him wherever he wants to go. Just get him out of here. So anyway, he takes him over and puts him in his car. And he says, well, I want to go across town. So he was going out towards, um, towards the mall out that direction and and so anyway, um, uh, my friend Danny, he, he didn't know what was going on, but he became violent and he started beating on the dashboard of his car, screaming loudly. And Danny was totally freaked out, um, trying to take this guy away who was being disruptive in church. I think he came to the reality that he was being taken out of church and he's in the car and he's going across town, beating on the dash, screaming at the top of the voice. I looked at Danny, I said, well, what'd you do? And he says, I didn't know. I just started praying in tongues. I didn't know what to say. And he said, all of a sudden, he stopped hitting the dashboard. He said he became flushed in his face. And he looked at him and said, how do you talk about God in my native tongue? And it freaked him out. God put in Danny the Native American tongue's language to worship and glorify God broke that violent streak that he had because he had came in direct contact with a true and living God. That's the way God works. You don't know how God is going to use you when you step out in faith. And I have found that sometimes the more scary the situation is, or the more your faith is stretched, the greater revelation that God will do in your life because you're 100% reliant on the Holy Spirit rather than well, this is what I learned in Bible school. You are relying now on the Holy Spirit. You're Holy Spirit driven. And friends, I believe that this is what makes the difference in the days that we live in. And this is what we see. So, signs were, tongues were assigned to the unbeliever, not to the believer. Prophecy, though, or foretelling under the anointing of God is a demonstration to those who are believers. And also, if you go back to the book of Acts, you'll find the same thing. They were all gathered because it was Pentecost. The believers that were there were primarily Jewish in the city of Jerusalem. They were believers in Yahweh. They were gathered there. They hear the wind. They come running, and they see everybody praying in their own dialect. And they recognize something is really unusual going on here. Well, verse 23 says, Therefore... If the whole church comes together in one place and everybody's praying in tongues and there will come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not all say you're out of your mind or you're mad or you're crazy? 
Well, this, is, this happens. In fact, there are churches today that are around and you'll go in and I have been in them where the whole church breaks out in tongues. It's forbidden by the scripture, but they don't care, I guess. And yeah, people then turn around and leave because they're out of, they think they're crazy. But if people are speaking under the anointing of God or prophecy and an unbeliever or an unformed person comes in, he is convinced by all and judged by all. Therefore, the secrets of his heart are revealed and so falling down on his face will worship God and report that God is truly among you. And I've shared this before. The word of knowledge is a very, very amazing gift. And I've seen it operate many times. I've seen it phony. I, you see sometimes the TV evangelists, they, they do this kind of stuff. God has revealed to me that somebody here with arthritis is in the room. Now, when you look at a whole group of gray-haired people as an example, the odds of somebody having arthritis is pretty good. Some people say, well, it's me, it's me. Well, God has revealed to me that there is a doubter in the church and they're sitting towards the back of the church. Where else does doubters usually sit? You see, a lot of it's kind of, um, I don't know, work in the crowd. But when you have a real direct encounter of the real kind, it's different. And it's where God will speak to somebody. And this doesn't have to be on a Sunday morning where somebody stands up. It can be over the donuts where somebody's talking and all of a sudden somebody will have a word for you from the Lord. Now, usually it's not God told me to tell you. It's usually in conversation where you begin to just talk to somebody and then God just lays something on you. And you just feel impressed by the Holy Spirit to share what's on their, what's on their heart. And, you know, a lot of times... A person will even deny it, but they know down inside it's true. Now, I have seen uh, several times in my life, it's a kind of, and I don't know why it doesn't happen more, friends, but uh, where I've shared about the guy that, you know, we had a share time at church and he stands up and he begins to just point at people in the crowd saying, you're wondering if your son is ever going to accept the Lord and he is and you. And then he points to this one guy, he says, you, you come down here. And he comes down, he goes, God's chased you all over the world, hasn't he? <laughs> I was in Germany in the military. Yeah. He says, are you going to accept the Lord or are you going to die? And he goes, I'll accept the Lord. The guy went on, is in Bible college and went on to be a minister. I've seen that happen. I've seen divine words from God. So, yeah, you, you can have that. I don't know how the Holy Spirit's going to work in your life, but I know that he will if you ask him to empower you. That's why it's important that, again, the power of the Holy Spirit isn't just to bring attention to ourselves ever, but it's to bring glory to God in the family of God. And so living on the Spirit, living with the Spirit, is different than just dead orthodoxy. Now, how do we, how do we get there? Well, I, I, I really believe that fellowship and talking to God is where we, we, we enter into that. Now, a lot of so much religion is based upon your performance, and because you're a good little boy, God will do something for you. And that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is where you have accepted Christ as your Savior. You've set the ritualistic religion aside, and now whereby we cry, as Paul says, Abba, Father. I speak to God as 
I would be talking to my dad. That's what God wants from you. Now, here's a couple of things. A lot of people get into that, and that's great, and that's what you need in your life. But never take that personal relationship that you have with God, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, as a casual encounter. When you go into the throne room of God and you sit down and you begin to share uh, your relationship, uh, what's going on in your life with God, and God, I don't know what I'm... And by the way, God is not impressed with 16th century King James Ingram. O thou God above all gods, I beseech thee, O Lord, thou God above beyond the stars, I have this issue in my life. God doesn't want to hear that. He wants to hear you say, amen, God, I'm hurting help. That's what God wants. Because that's what a personal relationship is like. In other words, think about it a minute again. When somebody loves you and they want to talk to you, do you want them reciting words out of a card or do you want them to tell you what's on their heart? Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.